Hi, and welcome to the Relational Play Podcast. My name is Mark Green. I'm Saliha Bava. Today, we're going to be talking about something we call the conflict game. We're here to offer playful ways to get unstuck in our parenting relationships. And uh, I just want to add that a parenting relationship isn't just between a parent and a child. Who else is it between? Two parents. Oh, my God. Or your parents and your grandparents or any other adult and the world around you. I would also add that parenting is not unidirectional. It's not parent to child. Yeah. It's also children act upon parents. As we shape our children, our children are shaping us. What's critical to understand or notice in that is it's not the role of the parent that defines parenting. It's the relationship between Mm. the children and the parent, which is a bi-directional, in fact, multi-direction, if you think of all the other adults, Mm -hmm. that shapes what is parenting. Yeah. I don't think there's a parent among us who hasn't at some point been in some sort of a a disagreement or a debate or a discussion with their co-parent, with their partner, with their spouse, that we haven't looked up and noticed (laughs) that our children are watching. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, the relationship we have with our partner, whether it's a really positive moment or a really challenging moment, is impacting that parental relationship with with our children. Because it's all multidirectional. It's all happening simultaneously. Which brings us to the conflict game. And we came up with it to play with our son when he was very young, like four or five years old. The way he related to arguments and any conflict was very, what again, I call very thin, meaning he didn't have a way to distinguish between a fight, an argument, a debate. When Salihau and I would get into a debate or an argument, he had a very strong reaction and response. One of the things that we said almost immediately was, well, wait, wait, Gus, do you think what we were having was a discussion, a debate, a disagreement, an argument, or a fight? And he thought about that, and we said, well, um, I'll tell you what, let's do it again for you. We're going to perform it again. Except this time we're going to make it about what to have for dinner. Should we have spaghetti or should we have hamburgers? And then Salihan and I did a back and forth. And then we stopped and we looked at Gus and we said, was that a discussion, a debate, a disagreement, an argument, or a fight? And he, and he thought about it and he said, well, it's a disagreement, I think. And so we would then talk about right. the distinction. Because depending on what you grow up with, somebody's debate or disagreement could be your fight because of the tonalities and what happens with it. Well, let's take this to the game level. The way we gamified it was we said, okay, Gus, you and Saliha figure out what level of conflict you're going to do in the conflict game, but don't tell me. And then you two perform it, and I'll guess what it is. And and, and the power of it was he gets to perform one version or the other. And mm-hmm. over time, he would be like, wait, 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 let me do this. Let, I'm going to do this. And then it became a guessing game. Right. And And when he began to say, I want to play, I want to do versions of these ways of disagreeing, it took the fear out of it for him. And he, over time, became more comfortable mm-hmm with the idea that people have disagreements and that's okay and we work our way through them. Children can learn nuances. They may not have the language, but they they can start picking it up. Yeah. This gives them a frame and it's a relational capacity to go beyond black and white thinking 
to looking at the grays in any relationship mm -hmm. and to make distinctions. So a little bit later, a month or two later, in the moment that a disagreement begins to happen, we say, so what is this right here? Mm -hmm. Is this a discussion, a disagreement, a debate, uh, an argument, or a fight? It's the meta. We are able to go from the fight, the disagreement, to looking at the tone of it. That's the meta. We're looking at the process or the tone of that. And being able to move between those different conversational levels is a huge relational capacity. Right. And we're inviting our child, for better or worse, and there are times when it feels like worse, to engage as an equal in a conversation which is more assertive, right? Mm -hmm. So Gus began to learn that by expressing in an assertive way, he wasn't necessarily in a fight, wasn't necessarily in an argument. He was holding his own in a conversation that had people presenting strong opinions back and forth. Children are not invited to do that. I, I, exactly. I remember a time when you could say he was headed into a meltdown because of like how children are, are wanting something and they're not getting it. And you can see the meltdown is coming. And all I did was say, hey, I don't think you're making a good case for yourself. Do you want me to coach you on? And then, yes, it was going to cost us something, right, on, on that issue. Some but, authority, maybe? Right. In learning how to make his case, that is debating, mm -hmm. he didn't have to use an argument or a fight. He had other skills. So you're growing his capacity. Mm. And he's also learning what that emotional energy feels like because he is able to shift it. I call it sometimes emotional stamina. Yes. The fear of engaging in a debate with an authority figure the first few times you do it can be very frightening. It can be an, a strange space to be in. But when we give our children the ability to track the level of debate, disagreement, argument, and also then begin to coach them from within those spaces, including, yes, we're having a fight, and yes, I know you feel angry, but you don't have to collapse into that anger. We can hold our space here and figure out what's going on and, and work through this. And the beauty of that is, as parents, it gets us to go meta too, mm -hmm. right? So we are not just caught in that fight or argument or mm -hmm. debate. We are also tracking the process with them. It's a deeply respectful relational dance mm -hmm. where we say everyone has a voice here. Everyone has the right to feel what they're feeling. And let's learn how to express in ways mm -hmm. that don't add gasoline to the fire. Let's learn how to express in ways that acknowledge that we're all trying to get mm -hmm. through the process together. I think as a family therapist, as a couples therapist, it's one of the best skills to teach our children if you want to get into the teaching mindset. And that's because in any relationship, you're going to have differences. Mm. And what I notice in couples relationship is often couples don't know how to fight. Yeah. Can I make a theoretical departure for the, the theory nerds here? Yeah, yeah, go for it. So as a couples therapist and a trainer of other therapists, the technical language is content and process. What the conflict game is doing is it's helping your children, helping us as adults track two levels. In every conversation, there are two levels. One is the content and the other is the process. Content is the what? The words. Process is the how. It's everything else. It's the meta communication, including the tonality that says whether this is a fight or an argument or a discussion or a conversation. How I moderate that shifts the overall message. There's a dozen ways I can say I want you to listen to me. Right. 
I can say, I want you to listen to me, or I can say, I want you to listen to me. And those are completely different messages. And right? that creates the relational... Sorry, that was kind of scary. Yeah, okay. but that's a great one. I'm glad you did it in tonality because that over time creates the relational culture, which is what at what tone level are we going to operate? And are we even conscious of mm-hmm. when we go to a, a tone which implies a threat mm-hmm. or when we go to a tone which implies our own victimhood, when we disempower ourselves in some way or disempower the other person? Our son, over time, began to understand the nuances of uh, disagreement. And <laughs> I kid you not, a few years ago, he's, he's 15 now, but a few years ago, I was in a disagreement with him and we were going back and forth and he literally stopped me and said we're having three different conversations here which one do you want to have and i was like okay because he caught me sidestepping oh yeah well you beat me on this point so i'm gonna go over here and bring up this old news and then go after you on that as if it relates to this conversation and he stopped me and said you know which one are we having at different threads in this conversation those are your different tracks mm-hmm. and, and coupled with tonality defines whether you're trying to win an argument or reach an understanding which are two completely different things yeah yeah and this brings the emotional climate down for the whole family yeah right so this is a huge capacity i mean it's a small game that over time has such ripple effects yeah yeah because it develops the relational capacity for your child. It improves your communication between your child and you. It develops this ability to go between content and process, which is what is our tonality and what is the content, which is what is the thing that we're trying to debate about. Mm -hmm. And last but not the least, it affects the emotional relational climate, that relational space Mm. of the family. Yeah. Here's a tip I would like to share. If you're a family where... The two parents have a similar understanding between what's the distinction between a debate and an argument. Then you can start trying this out. And I would say first, just try it out between you and your partner, right? If this is a two-parent family, try it out. If you and your mother are raising your child, try it out with that other adult. And then start playing it with your child. So that way you both come to an understanding of where your own distinctions are. So if I can sum up, I'm saying three things. First is play this game between you and your partner to know how you're going to do and bring each other along. What 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 is this game about, right? Second is know if you both are on the same plane with arguments, debates, and fights or not. If, if you're coming from different family emotional levels, you might have different words for the same energy, so to speak. One's energy might, of argument might feel like another's fight, Right? So it's not about being right or wrong. It's about opening up that we have different emotional resonance for the same words to recognize that. And the third is don't introduce it in the topics that are hot button topics for you already. Right. Hot button issues like who does the most housework or whose career gets preference. Those kinds of issues are very big. When we play the game with Gus initially, it was whether to have hamburgers or or spaghetti. These are not life and death issues, but they allow us to model conflict, model disagreement, and grow our emotional stamina around how we disagree. How do we do that? 
And to help a child learn to do that, they will enter into the world not doing zero to 60 on anger when they start to distinguish between the content of a conversation and then the tone. They're going to make conscious choices. I'm not going to collapse into your anger. I'm not going to buy into this argument. I'm not going to allow this discussion to devolve into an unproductive binary. All of those things, we begin to intuitively understand how to do that. Our children understand how to do that. And it becomes a life skill for connection, for collaboration, for working across differences. Yeah. I can say... I'm really sorry. I'm I'm just reactive right now about a lot of other stuff, and I apologize for my tone, and I just want to reiterate w- what my content is here, what I'm actually trying to say. When you say I'm being reactive, you're being vulnerable, then I can also be vulnerable. It's an invitation when I say, yeah, I did block you. We can step back and start noticing the landscape, just starting to be present with each other of what we're doing. When I say I'm, I'm reactive, when you say, yeah, and I, well, I did block you, In that moment, we have the ability to see it, Mm -hmm. to see the back and forth. In seeing that relational back and forth, you are stepping into the process. You're stepping into noticing how your relationship is coming together. It's not just kids who carry this idea that any disagreement is a fight. Uh, I carried that idea as an adult for a long time. And the wonderful thing about working on relational capacities with our children is that we're doing work that also benefits us as adults. Today's podcast is the result of just one page of our book, which contains hundreds of ideas about how to grow our relational capacities for ourselves and for our children. Raising children to connect, collaborate, and innovate by growing our family's relationship superpowers. Get a copy at Amazon.com and let us know what you think. Saliha Bhava is an associate professor of marriage and family therapy at Mercy College. She also has a private practice for couples therapy in New York City. Mark Green speaks and writes on manhood, fatherhood, and culture. He's also a senior editor at the Goodman Project. This has been the Relational Play Podcast with Mark Green and Saliha Bhava. Till next time. Bye. Bye. For more information on the Relational Book for Parenting, please visit our website at thinkplaypartners.com. You can follow Saliha Bhava on Twitter at thinkplay. You can follow Mark Green on Twitter at remakingmanhood. Manhood. <coughs>